community. Okay, 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 okay. Our whole Florida community is struggling with pollen. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> I'm trying to do a segue. I only had one good one. Now I'm out of it. But them. then you took it too far and you made it just too much, too much. All right, ready? Go. Community. Let's talk about community. No, okay. Let's be serious. We need to We're serious rein now. it in here. Rein it in. Let's press the serious button. No, don't do that because you know that that makes me laugh. So that's Boop. not serious. Let's talk about community. Communal flourishing. <laughs> Welcome to the Faithful Flourishing Podcast, where we'll discuss growing in our walk with Jesus through everyday faithfulness. We believe that true flourishing is possible in all seasons because God himself is our source of life. As we enjoy him and follow him, we will reflect his light in a dark and desperate world. Here we go. Well, hello, everybody. And hello, babe. Hi. It's been a long time. It has. I've forgotten how to speak into this microphone. Yeah. We're back on the mics, ready to talk about some communal flourishing. Mm-hmm. Are you excited? Mm-hmm. You sound excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am really excited. It is getting closer by the minute to our bedtime. So this might be a little bit of a loopy one. We'll see. Yeah. We always record these fairly late. We try to put the kids down to bed and then like, we're like, okay, we're going to put the boys down at seven because they go to bed at like seven, seven thirty, And then we'll pretty much record right away and that never happens. So it's like nearing nine o'clock now. We're normally in bed. We're so old because that's like not that late. That's. But to us, it's late. I think it's late to a lot of people that aren't night owls. Yeah, we're not night owls. No, we've never been night owls. And we're not morning people either. Listen, I was 13 years old putting myself to bed at like 8 p.m., okay? Me too. Same. So there you go. We're just a couple of nerds. Not an age thing. How does going to bed early make you a nerd? I don't know. Because you're not out doing crazy stuff. You're just like asleep innocently. Yeah, innocently. Okay, this is such a weird start. Well, before we dive in, we always do our question. And do you remember a while back, we did this thing on Instagram. Instagram. We never update ever. I don't even know. (laughs) We've gone back and forth. Like, should we even have an Instagram for the Faithful Flourishing podcast? I don't have Instagram anymore. And Matthew doesn't have Instagram. So... It's just one of those things where it's like, I feel like I just am not in the mood to try really hard. It's fine. So, you know, we basically like update on there when we've posted an episode. But other than that, I'm just, I'm not. Well, one time we asked, we asked people for like icebreaker questions. And so we're going to use one of those. Mm -hmm. It was a couple months ago. And here's the question. And we're sure we've never used this question before because it has been so long since we've recorded that that would be embarrassing if we've already like. I'm pretty sure. Surely we would remember. This is a memorable one. 
This is a question from Sam in North Carolina. Are you ready? Sam Reese. Sam Reese. Shout out to you, Sam Reese from North Carolina. How many kindergartners? This is such an excellent question. How many kindergartners would it take to take you down? Easy. About one to two. (laughs) I am so dead serious. Do you really think that, though? Absolutely. Listen, babe, Haddon could probably take me down. He couldn't. If you were actively trying. Oh, okay. So if I was like every bit of my energy to stay with two feet on the ground. Yep. Okay, two to three. (laughs) I'm serious. I'm not trying to be funny. (laughs) You increased it by one. I'm thinking, like, are you picturing kindergartners, though? So in my mind, in order for me to answer this, I have to imagine these are not these kindergartners, if they didn't have souls and I had no moral, I don't know, what's the word? Okay. If I could just do whatever it took. Okay. Just be careful here. What you if say. they were just demon children, right? And I had to survive. I think, I think 20 plus. I think I could really take on some kindergartners. Okay. Because I could pick one of them up, maybe by the feet. And start spinning that one in circles, knocking out the other ones. There's all kinds of strategies. Wow, you've really thought about this. I have, because it's a good question. I'm just thinking about kindergartners, kindergartners, gardeners. I think it's with a T, but nobody like says it like that. Do you remember the movie Leo that we watched like five nights ago? Yeah, that's actually really definitely a lot of adult humor in that, but super funny. The way they portray kindergartners in that movie. Exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. So I'm trying to think like who in our life is in kindergarten. I don't know. Ayla? Is Ayla in kindergarten? No. She's She's older than kindergarten? Yeah, I think so. Sorry, Ayla. Anyway, okay, well, I know that you've thought long and hard about this and that you just really puffed yourself up and said 20 plus. Um, They're kindergartners, though. Like, they're pretty small. Small I mean, but mighty. You, I could like move around. I can be running. Small I can be. I can like retreat when needed. Okay. And, okay. And regroup. Okay, okay. Three you know? to four. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm maxing out at four, and I'm and I'm probably down. I mean, yeah, that's probably true. Think about like I'm I'm not offended. Okay, think about me, Matthew. Yeah. Think about me. <laughs> yeah. My athletic capabilities. <laughs> Or lack thereof, okay? I feel like... Probably not surviving. You probably have this switch where you would snap at some point and just become like the Hulk where you're just adrenaline rush going crazy. Okay, let's not spend too much time on this. Thank you, Sam, for a great question. I want to give a PSA. I can't believe you said 20 plus, though. Like, you think really highly of yourself? No, I just... they, They are very small humans. Like, they're... They're not very strong. Okay, but think about like a mob of 20 small humans. They're going to take you down. But if what I'm saying is I can use strategies to limit their attacks. Okay, okay. me too, me too, me too. Well, I, I have a PSA. Okay. Because sometimes I have to edit this whole podcast of ours. Because we're, we're not the Every most time. polished group not a group we're a couple we're not the most polished couple uh-huh. as we're recording this anyways for some reason it was messing up 
usually when I go back and listen and find where it needs to be edited and stuff, I have it on double speed, but it wasn't, it wouldn't let me do double speed. And I had to listen at regular speed and it was the most painful experience. Is this the PSA? To listen to myself at that speed. I thought you were literally just about to say it was the most painful experience to listen to you at that speed. To myself. So please, if you're listening, bump it on up. No. You can do 1.5. You can do 1.8. Matthew literally listens to, if I need to use his Spotify for anything and I go on his phone, it'll be like in the middle of a podcast and it'll start playing and it's like, I'm pretty sure I just spoke in tongues on our podcast. (laughs) I listen to all all my podcasts. I used to be a 1.5 guy. I recently graduated to 1.8. That's so annoying. That's so incredibly annoying. I want to listen to people speak at a normal speed. Here's the problem. I don't speak at a normal speed. What do you mean? You don't speak fast. I speak pretty slow. Oh, yeah. So that's why it was so annoying. to And like nobody likes to hear their own voice either. So that adds to it. But... I think I just sound better at a solid 1.5. Do I speak at a normal speed? Yeah, you do. Yeah, I do. But I think you do too. Well, maybe. I Okay. I do think it's funny that you've kind of like dropped hints about slow living here and there. But I I cannot listen slowly. I have to like bump okay. it up. Well, slow living has nothing to do with the speed that you listen to people's voices. Kind of does though. I mean, depends on your view on it. Well, but we're not talking about slow living today, so that's enough of that. <laughs> Communal flourishing. Communal flourishing. We have no life updates. It's been two months. Life updates. We have too many life updates. Huh? We have like eighty life updates. I feel like it's too many to go through. The important thing is that our community knows all of our life updates. What a great segue. I know. It's almost like it's almost like I'm I'm learning things. Why are you talking like that? (laughs) You're trying to be funny, I hope. Okay. Like, are you okay there? Uh, just the master of segues over here. That was actually a great segue. I said that while riding a segue. That's how good of a segue it was. No, we're done. Done. Cancelled. You're cancelled. Community. Why are you looking at me like that? What else am I supposed to look at? No, but the way you were looking at me was like you were like planning out how to murder me. Wow. <laughs> I'm just still thinking about the kindergartners and how, how to overcome them. You should edit that out for sure. Oh, man. The pollen right now in Florida is stupid. outrageous. All I do all day is try and scratch my eyeballs out of my head. No, nobody cares. <laughs> This is ridiculous. It's been too long. Like, we need to be I'm more. trying. Community. Okay, 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 okay. Our whole Florida community is struggling with pollen. <laughs> Let's talk about it. <laughs> I'm trying to do a segue. I only had one good one. Now I'm out of it. But them. then you took it too far and you made it just too much. Too much. All right, ready? Go. Community. Let's talk about... Commu- no, okay. Let's be serious. We need to... We're serious. Rain now. it in here. Rain it in. 
let's press the serious button. No, don't do that. Because you know that that makes me laugh. So that's Boop. not serious. Let's talk about community. Communal flourishing. So we want to focus on letting people in. Yeah, I think when it comes to community, there's like two sides of the coin, right? There's letting people in and allowing people to love you and then um, reciprocating that to other people. And you're the one that's loving them and being intentional to meet their needs and be hands and feet of Jesus to them. Yeah. So we're focusing on the side of the coin where you have to be honest with yourself, mm-hmm. acknowledging your own limits, your own needs, and even more difficult usually is being honest with other people mm-hmm. about those things. Because if you're putting on a front all the time that you have it all together, everything's okay, you are blocking yourself off from a deeper level of that community. Mm-hmm. And I think that letting people in, I mean, you kind of just said this is, is so much harder than the roles reversed. Yeah. I mean, maybe not for everybody, but I think that most people, it's hard to ask for help. Um, yeah. It's just so much easier. Like sometimes it's just so much easier to be like, oh, I'm fine. Or how can I pray for you? I'm, you know, like whatever it is, it's just so much easier to just put on this front that even if you're really just in need of a lot of help, just it's just easier to be like, I'm fine. Please don't come into my house when it's a total disaster mm. and <clears throat> I look like I haven't showered in seven days and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I feel like you're about to say something. Oh, yeah, we just have a certain level of pride that we don't like to let people see us in a state of need Mm -hmm. because we want to, well, speaking for me personally, I want to give off this impression that I always have, have it all together. Mm -hmm. Maybe not have it all together, but at least like I have most of my life together. Like maybe I can, obviously people are going to know I'm not perfect so they can see that I'm not perfect, but I don't, the temptation is to not let them too close. Mm Mm-hmm because then they will see what's actually there and be unimpressed. That's the fear. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just fear of man. It's just total fear of man. It's like, for me, because I think I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, just that one of my big struggles is approval, like just needing people's approval to approve me. And so it's just a, a scary thing. It's just a scary thing to be vulnerable with people and say like, hey, I actually really need help in so many different categories. It can be like, I have a newborn baby and I am neck deep in laundry. Or it can be like, I, we are really struggling financially. Or it could be, you know. this habitual sin I can't seem to overcome. Right. All kinds of stuff. Yeah. I think over time we've learned that when we... Like there have been some crucial moments in our marriage 
where we have opened up to other people when we were just, we honestly, we had nowhere else to turn. And it was like, we need help from other people. Mm-hmm. Like we can give stories of, I mean, obviously it's, we still struggle to open up and share. We're not, we're not at all perfect in that. But there have been times where we have and people have stepped up in really incredible ways mm-hmm. to help us and serve us. Yeah, I have so many, I have so many memories and examples and stories of just my community all through different seasons of our life, of of my life. Um, but specifically in our seven years of marriage, just all the different seasons of the past seven years of just how our different communities, because we've lived in now three different places since we've been married, um, has just opened their homes and their arms and just like loved us exactly how we were in our state of need. And like, so I'll, I'm going to give, I'm going to give a few examples. Um, my friend, Krista Copel and TJ, the Copels family, they live in North Carolina. Love you Copels. We love the Copels. Um, she probably knows exactly where I'm going with this when she hears this, but I was, I was telling, we were talking about the other day, actually. I was making avocado toast, I think. <laughs> it brought you right back. <laughs> it brought me back. But um, no, I, uh, there's also, sorry, I'm going back for a second. You know that feeling when you walk into somebody's house that you've been in multiple times, but it's like a safe place for you. It's like, yeah. oh, like I feel safe here. I feel loved here. I feel like I can, both of our homes you know, when we go back to our parents' houses, we feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are other people in other homes that I walk into and you just feel loved and welcomed and seen and cared for. And it's hospitality. That's hospitality. It's another yeah. episode for another day. Um, anyway, but so I was very newly postpartum. I think, I think Haddon was was he one month? I think he was about one month. I had very bad postpartum depression. I had no idea what the heck I was doing because this was right after COVID hit. Yes. So we were also in the thick of COVID and, um, I was just, I had like debilitating anxiety. And, um, anyway, I had a really bad panic attack that morning. Do you remember? Oh yeah like a really bad panic attack. And so Matthew at the time he worked for CPI security and he installed security systems and homes and he had missed his first. Did you miss your first job or you delayed it? Um, that doesn't matter. That's beside know. the point. Yeah. And you stayed home with me for like the morning, but you had to go to your afternoon job. I'm pretty sure you ended up delaying it because you ended up having to do two. ended up doing two in the afternoon. Anyway, so he called the Copels. And basically said, can you babysit my wife and my my newborn baby? (laughs) I was just not in a state where I could be alone. Like, not in like a way that like I would hurt myself or hurt my baby. But I was, I again, I just had like debilitating anxiety and um, depression. And it was really bad. And I had a baby, a newborn baby that, you know, wasn't sleeping and just all these things, these new things that you're trying to navigate. And also I'm sleep deprived at the same time. So that doesn't help. But 
So I went to the Copals that day. And I just, the Copals house, even when I'm like Marco Poloing Krista and like I see her house in the background, it just like feels safe. Does that make sense? So I go to their house and of course, Krista is like one of the, like she just always has a smile on her face. She's just always happy. And I know that she would say, like, I'm not always happy, but she just is a very like warm presence to be around. And I can't wait to text her later and be like, I talked about you for about 15 minutes on the podcast. (laughs) But anyway, she also has three sons. But I go in there and she like just immediately takes Haddon from me and she feeds me and she makes me what I now call the Krista avocado toast. So I'm going to share the Krista avocado toast with the people. Give us the recipe. In case you want it. Hopefully it's not a secret recipe, Krista. But I just remember eating it and I was like, this is like literally the best thing I've ever eaten eaten because <laughs> i i was not eating like i was i just had like this anxious knot in my stomach at all times it was just a really dark season it was a really dark season and again it was like the beginning of covid and so everyone's like what is going on and so anyway i just i mean it was avocado obviously i there was like balsamic glaze mm. tomatoes white onion Everything with the bagel seasoning. And there might have been some more. I can't remember if there was an egg or not. I don't remember. But there there could have been more stuff. I don't remember. But I remember eating it. And I was like, I didn't feel sick eating it. And I was like, enjoying it. And Krista was just trying to like talk to me and distract me from, you know, my own mind. And then she helped me put Haddon down for his nap that I was dreading. Because I was like, he's only going to nap for 10 minutes. And then he's going to wake up. And she's and she's just like talking me through it. And anyway, all of that to say, clearly, I have never forgotten that. Now, mind you, Krista is like one of my really dear friends. So this, you know, this is a situation where it's like really, really sweet, dear friends. But I, so I know Krista super well. But even still, when I think about her and when I think about their home, it just like she showed me the love of Jesus that day in a way that like I so desperate like I was past I was past the point of like I'm trying to hide my need here Mm. I was like I am desperate like I was in my most vulnerable and the couples were just ready to like love not just me and Haddon but you too because Mm. you needed to work that day and just so ready to like love me and then even through i mean they probably have so many stories of me stressing out about all the different first mom things because i would go to krista a lot for a lot of those things but my point here is um clearly with all the detail i just gave you in that story that made a huge impact even to me to this point in the day and today not in the day it's like 9 30 at night right now um, but I have so many stories, like I, I could share so many more of friends, just community, just so ready and willing to say like, I'm going to, I'm going to love you and I'm going to love you like Jesus loves you. And I'm going to remind you how much Jesus loves you and that you are safe and that you are okay. And that you are going to be okay because, because of Jesus, like they, they wouldn't say because of them you know, but tangibly in the tangible ways that they 
that they showed that it was i'm i'm rambling now but um it's, it's just so freeing to be fully exposed in your moment of need yes there's no faking it or hiding it anymore mm-hmm. yet those people still welcome you in mm-hmm. they're loving on you they're caring for you and you just feel free you're like oh life isn't a performance mm-hmm. i don't have to pretend to be something i'm not I can be honest. I can let them in, kind of break down those walls because it'll be, well, let me just go to the Bible. And I just want to say too, like at the end of the day, you can't, you don't control what people think of you anyway. So, but I try to, but do you know what I'm saying? Like Like the thing that's, I think the thing that stops us from allowing ourselves to be needy and allowing your community to love and to serve you is because a lot of times it's like, well, what are they going to think of me? Well, right. that's not, that's really none of your business. It's not any of my business what people think about me, you know? And if they do feel a certain way about you, then they're probably not going to, you know, be warm and inviting like the story that I just told you. But what I'm trying to say is, actually, never mind. Go ahead. Well, I've, the Lord has just been exposing in my heart that one of my most common sin struggles is trying to control what people think and having just always having that in my mind when I'm interacting with people. And that's that is putting on a yoke of slavery again. In Galatians 5, it says, For freedom he has set you free, so do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. I don't have to be enslaved to what people think of me i've Mm -hmm. been set free from that and the craziest part is that like you were saying god's people when they are living following jesus and fellowship with god they've been made new Mm -hmm. they're going to love you like Mm -hmm. jesus did obviously not perfectly and there's there can be hurt and there can be mess but as a general principle god's church and his people are going to love you well Mm-hmm. And they're going to want to serve you. And it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to let go of trying to perform and impress. Mm-hmm. And just be loved. And just be loved. And just rest in his love through those people. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. First John chapter 1, verse 7. It says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, talking about God, Think about this. If we walk in the light as God is in the light, we have fellowship with, who do you think it would say? Um, I have to be honest. I just zoned out. <laughs> and I'm looking at this scab on my thumb. <laughs> solid. Solid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's the honest truth. I don't even, sorry. You See, might have you're, to, not, you're not trying to impress anybody here. Good job. That's because no one's here. I'm speaking into a microphone. <laughs> Back to the Bible. If we walk in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. You would think it would say we have fellowship with God. But first it says, Mm. if we're walking in the light, as God is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, Mm -hmm. and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So he's saying, don't even try to fake it. Just admit, admit who you are outside. If you didn't have Jesus, you are stuck in your sin. You're dead in your sin. Verse nine, if we confess our sins, he's faithful 
and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So at its core, the thing that fuels community and that flourishing is the gospel itself. Mm -hmm. If we admit to God first, Lord, apart from you, I have no righteousness. I need you. I need to confess my sin, to repent of that, to believe you. You then, Lord, you become my righteousness. That is the most freeing, exhilarating message in the world. Yeah. And the more and more we understand that and hold on to it and let it shape the way we think, shape the way we live, we can then go into that community of believers Mm -hmm. and express that same freedom, be open, honest, vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Because if we're confident with where we stand in the Lord, then like we'll we'll be fine. Even if we open up and we're vulnerable and people respond negatively and they hurt us, is that going to hurt? Yes, of course it will. But we're we're going to be okay because we are held fast in the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, God calls us to be a part of a people. Like he's making a community for himself to be the light of the world, the city on the hill, the salt of the earth. So the more we are living out the gospel and living in that freedom of not performing, of being open, honest, and vulnerable. I mean, the way the Copals loved on us and helped us that day, what a beautiful expression, like you said, of the love of Jesus. Mm -hmm. That was God's love going through them to us. Like what I'm trying to... What I want to say about that story is I remember just thinking like, wow, God loves me so much. Yeah. Like because of the way the Copals loved me that day, I was so aware of God's love for me through community. But if we keep our walls up and we don't let people in, then we're never going to get to that point to experience that. Nothing good happens in isolation. So let me ask you a question. Shoot. If somebody is listening to this and they're like, that's me right now. Like I, I want that like that. I need that community. I need somebody to help me. Like I'm throwing out my lifeline and I need somebody to catch it, but they don't have that right now. Where, like, where would you yeah. tell them to start? I mean, the first thing's pretty basic, but it would be, are you, part of a church, part of a local church, a place that you trust, a place where the gospel is preached, where the gospel is lived out. I would I would start there. Mm-hmm. You're gonna find believers there who will love on you. Um but even even further than that, because you could be a part of a church, maybe it's a bigger church, and you're there, but you don't really have close friendships or relationships. So I would try to find people you trust and obviously that would take time you have to build those friendships and right i mean some of the best practical advice that we were given when we were trying to we were part of a church and we we felt connected but not we didn't have those deep close friendships and so we were asking the pastors 
like how can we what are some ways we can try to try to get that mm-hmm. and i'll never forget this advice because we did it and it it worked <laughs> he said pick two or three couples and just have them over at least twice a month mm-hmm. it's like set up a rhythm where you are spending time with them very frequently mm-hmm. didn't we call it um supper club or something like that something dinner club supper club that was actually fun so it was the salisbury's and the aethers yeah and it was awesome like we we knew them but we we weren't like super close with them but they were couples where we were like i could see us being really good friends with them Mm -hmm. so let's make it happen and so we did and then we started like rotating houses and stuff and it was awesome those yeah, are, that's a good those practical like, that's a good practical i mean i for us like that was because we were like that was at our church so i think that speaks more to like if you say that you are in a local church and but you don't because i know people that they're like i love this church i also do not feel connected to anybody in this church yeah. um that's a great way to do it like who i don't know just i would say don't don't just wait for somebody to approach you. Yeah, don't do that. Because then if it doesn't happen, you're going to feel like, I mean, I don't want to be harsh, but you're going to feel like a victim, like nobody's reaching out to me. It takes two. Like try to reach somebody else, you know? Yeah. It's going to take effort to build those relationships. So make sure you're putting forth your effort Mm -hmm. and not just waiting for it to happen. And just to clarify too, like this aspect of community that we're talking about i mean obviously we've just talked about it for the last like 20 30 minutes or so is a more like intimate letting people in so we're talking more like life on life like you trust these people you trust their hearts for you um like deep christian fellowship Yes, yes. Accountability. So that's why, you know, I mean, because, again, I can't control what people think, but if there are people that are like, oh, that was such a Christianese answer, get into a local church. Um, Because, I mean, God's people are everywhere. And we're not saying you can only find your community in your church. I have friends that have really, really good friends slash community that don't go to our church, but they go to our but this these people go to our church just did i just make that really confusing <laughs> they have great christian friends but they don't go to the same church as them yes thank you and that's okay but that's their main community yeah so i'm not saying like i mean my mom i feel like my mom has said to me so many times god's god's people are everywhere god's people are yeah. everywhere you know they're not just in your church and that can be such a danger to think that god's people are only in your church yeah um, but I just wanted to, I just wanted to clarify, like, you know, that's why, that's why our answer was the local church. You can find community in other places, but the community that we're speaking of is this just like deep, um, it's life on life. Yeah. Life on life kind of community. I don't go airing out your dirty laundry to everybody, by the way, I should probably clarify that too. Right. I think that's a good point to make is like, we're not suggesting here that if you have serious things going on in your life, that every single person in your life needs to know about it. Yeah. You find those trusted, 
mature believers who can walk with that, walk through that with you. I mean, you you don't have to like fake and pretend around other people, but also you don't have to pour out your heart fully to every single person mm-hmm. that you see at church. Mm-hmm. One, that's just not very practical. <laughs> and two, it's there's something to be said for that that smaller, tighter knit mm-hmm. group of, of other believers who are yeah. in the thick of it with you. At our church, we have um, something called discipleship groups. We call them D groups. And they are actually like smaller um gender focused groups like two to three people of the same gender and that is meant to be like the people that you go to in crisis or in need of prayer or in desperation of can you cook me a meal tonight or can you go on a walk with me with the kids because i'm going crazy or whatever it is yeah um, and so that's that's more so of the letting in that we're speaking of, yeah. and even that, like even even those people, it's it's hard to let people in. It's just so much easier to put up this front that you're okay because you're trying to convince yourself that you're okay. Um, but there's so much just beauty and freedom in allowing people in yeah. and allowing them to love you and and allowing them to share Jesus with you. Um, you get to experience God in such an incredible way through his people Mm -hmm. and avocado toast. (laughs) (laughs) There's a quote, I think it's by Ray Ortland. He says, you should always have a handful of people around you who know what makes you hit the wall. Mm. Like they know what will burn you out. They know what sin struggles you have. They know what would make you crash and burn and they are there to protect you from that, to hold you accountable, to encourage you, to help you fight that sin, and vice versa. You want to help them. But we were, I mean, we were created and built to need other people. I was just going to say, we were not created to live in isolation. Man, yeah, we could. I could tell you so many more stories. And it's and they're just testimonies of just... Ugh, of just God loving me or loving our family through our community and through his children. And just, again, like Matthew said earlier, like just the beauty of how the gospel is displayed right there. Like uh, like literally stories on stories on stories of, of people. And it's the cultural moment we live in. It's, it's so isolating. Mm-hmm. with technology and media, social media, we could have so many fake connections and never actually let somebody in. Yeah. But the Bible invites us to a different way. Like you don't you don't need to have a thousand friends that are shallow and superficial. Mm-hmm. You can just have a few friends who know you all the way through. Like they there's actual real connection and friendship there. And it can be a beautiful thing. So let people in. Let Moral the, of the story here, let people in. Let the gospel knock down those walls, mm-hmm. those barriers. Jesus mm-hmm. has knocked those down. So don't build them back up. Yeah. So that was one side of the coin. So on Maybe. another episode, on another time, and it yeah. would be we'll talk about... Um, being that to others. Being needed. Yeah. We've said this before, but our church that we were at in North Carolina. Um, one of their 
mottos, is that what you would say? Motto? Sure. Was being needy and needed. Yep. And that has definitely carried with us because we are all needy and needed. Very much so. Mm-hmm. So we always end by sharing a random resource. Mm-hmm. And the one I'm going to share has been shared with me by many of you, actually. Mm-hmm. I had several people recommend this book because they heard our podcast and they were like, you would love this book. Oh, and is so it? I by... got it and I read it. What? Oh, Habits of the Household. Habits of the Household. I was like, yeah, it's so good. It's I'm reading it now. Excellent. Actually, it's a must read. It, it mandatory. Really is. It's a mandatory must read book. If you <laughs> yeah, do what I say. Just kidding. It's so incredible. What's so helpful about it is he, so it's all about taking your rhythms of family life and leveraging them for the gospel. And the author highlights every family has habits in the way they do things. Whether good or bad. So he's not telling you to necessarily do something new. He's telling you to maybe tweak and change the things you're already doing to make them more focused and centered on Jesus to give them weight and significance. So that they're more intentional, not right. passive. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's, it's so book. good. He read it first and now I'm reading it and I'm only like a few chapters in and I've already texted so many friends and I'm like, you need to read this immediately. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So check it out. Habits of the House- household by Justin early or early. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. It's an incredible book. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. Or maybe in a couple months. Who knows? (laughs) Yeah. Stay flurry out there. Stay. No. (laughs) Bye, you guys. Bye. Bye.